0: You can listen to The Professional Left on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, or at our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, where you can also contribute to this podcast. There is a PayPal button at our website, or you can mail us a letter and or contribution at P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791.
1: This is the podcast for August 12th, 2016. It's not safe for work.
0: Recorded live from the Cable News Pavilion in Rio de Janeiro where the frantic backpedaling competition finals are underway. It's the professional left with Drift Class and Blue Gal. <laughs> <laughs> wow.
1: Uh, it, it yeah, really we, is, and we know who won already. We do. Joe Scarborough. We really do. Snatched the gold.
0: <laughs> he, 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 see, the thing is, Blue Gal, he stuck a landing. He was already at sh-
1: the landing. He
0: already was a shoe in for the silver.
1: Yeah. For, uh, he had the that frantic backpedaling he's been doing for years, right? Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, and, and, and there's some side pedaling and some front pedaling, and he changes directions kind of, you know, randomly uh, based on which way the prevailing wind is blowing. Um, the Tea Party is a new thing. The Tea Party are basically old Republicans. Everybody knows that. Ha ha ha. Donald Trump's my best friend. I don't know who Donald Trump is. Donald Trump's a monster. Um, you know, Joe Scarborough is is everything that Phil Griffin pays him to be.
1: Exactly, and and he on Wednesday. This is this is we're recording Friday morning. We should tell people. Yes, we uh, are. On Wednesday, he was in full. Uh, I you know, people say that we report we supported Donald Trump. It's like when you report on a sports team a lot. Yeah. And you don't really, you aren't rooting for them. You're just reporting that they're doing well. Yeah. No, you were in his hotel room. You were chummy with him on the air. And we have video of it. And That's it's the not, and, and then he, he lists a lot of the times, like the time that he hung up on Donald. And the yes. time that he got mad at Donald. And the time that he had a Twitter spat with Donald. And yeah, okay, he's done that when Donald's gone off the reservation and Phil Griffin has told Joe, you can't you have to dial back your love affair with this guy because right. that's what was going on. And so because Scarborough clearly only has an on off position.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and both of them are really loud.
1: Yeah, and and no dial de- You can't dial it down. You either turn it off or turn it on. Right. He fights with Donald and then he loves Donald again. So yeah. um and-
0: and then he. Go ahead. Well, and uh, as I wrote in my uh, in my award-winning blog this week, um, award adjacent blog this week, um, this and I, I, I'm sure we've talked about this on this podcast before. This is retconning. This is this is what comic books called retroactive continuity. It's changing history to match the story that you're telling today. And you know what? In the in, uh, comic book world, when you have you know, dozens of people writing or hundreds of people writing across decades, different editorial staffs, different directions, et cetera, a lot of stuff gets confused and mixed up, and you have to sort of start over. Mm-hmm. But this is the same guy over the course of one year yeah. who is now—who is, who is clearly, clearly on tape, snuggled up in Donald Trump's ass crack, uh, just hugging him as close as he possibly could— and off-camera, joking about what pals they are, what buddies they are. You know, I've known this guy all these years, and he's... And Donald Trump made this possible by simply calling in to the show.
1: Yeah. Just calling over in. And well, over and over and over and over and over and over
0: again. I'll yeah. call in. You give me the number, Joe. I'll call in. But no, you don't want my phone call, because I might ask a question that will make you mad. Yeah. Um, and the thing that makes Joe Scarborough... I, you shouldn't watch him. I'm not making any recommendation to actual humans should ever watch this crap, but... People in the Washington area, in the Beltway area, do watch this show. Yeah. And they do, too, because they're on it half the time. So this mm-hmm. is their sort of, this is their little closed-circuit TV show of their own lives. Um, and the thing that makes Joe Scarborough so much more entertaining than the average just bald-faced liar is that he's also angry, asshole, abusive dad liar. Yeah, to um, all
1: of his staff.
0: Yeah, so when he lies, and then when he can't keep his lies straight and tries to lie to cover up his past lies, um, he's at that volcanic level that anyone within, oh, I don't know, alcoholic family <laughs> would immediately recognize. This, oh crap, who's gonna, who, who's dad gonna pick for the beating today?
2: Right, right. And
0: that's when uh, everyone on his on his staff stares at their toes and looks at the ceiling and looks around. Um, and it, it was all all over this week. This was the week that he really just came out and said, "I never said the shit I said." I think Donald Trump is a dangerous person who should never be president. Anyone who ever says I said anything otherwise is lying. And then his meek little sidekick who's hired to do exactly what Phil Griffin hires her to do, which is to be his punching bag yeah. and his footstool. Because guys like it when a, you know there's a, a certain type of guy likes watching a big asshole push around a little lady. Yeah. Um, Told her to shut up, basically.
1: Yeah. Ba- so well, a- he he dialed it back when she base- almost started to cry in his face because she right. was so mad. And uh, he said, oh, you know, I didn't mean it that way. <laughs> he told her that no one was going to listen to her because she's a Democrat.
0: Right. You're a Democrat. You're a Democrat. No one's going to listen to you because you're a Democrat.
1: But then and- Donald Trump's a Democrat.
0: <laughs> right. And has always been a Democrat. And everyone knows he's a Democrat. Everyone knows that, um, and, and there was and he keeps mixing his lies together in ways that make cocktails that are even more volatile and yeah, stupid. Yeah, yeah. Um, one thing he he decided, and this is again, this is a guy who p- gets paid, I believe, last count, seventy seven thousand dollars a week yep. uh, by by Comcast and by Phil Griffin to sit on his ass and lie for three hours a day, every day, uh, and and give because there's a certain number of Republicans out there. That Phil Griffin wants to have watch his show.
1: Well, and I do think that in addition to his show, Mm -hmm. Joe Scarborough also represents MSNBC in Manhattan to a lot of wealthy people. And that's really part—we've talked about this before, but that's part of the whole Trump-Joe Scarborough dynamic is that— What they were doing was not, I mean, I can see how Joe Scarborough can justify we weren't supporting Donald Trump. We were just flattering him over and over again because he's rich and it's Manhattan and that's what you do.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: So it's about, you know, I'm going to have my fashion show fundraiser. I'm going to call all my rich friends or all the rich people that I butt kiss because I need their money and their name on my red carpet fashion show For the kids. You know, it's always for the kids. We're raising money for the kids.
0: But But, since Trump is the is the ambulatory manifestation of the sort of scumbag who would vote for Joe Scarborough. Yeah. And now he's walking and talking and won't shut up. Yeah. It gets very confusing. So you have for example, uh, Big Dumb Joe, uh, mm-hmm. as he's known, Squint, as he's known, Squint and the Meat Puppet is the other name of the show, or Joey Jojo Jr. Scarborough. Now,
1: someone I, pointed out in comments over at Crooks and Liars that that's a 90s reference, but I'm I'm afraid I don't know what that is.
0: Which one? Joey Jojo Scarborough. Oh, that's that's from The Simpsons.
1: Oh, okay. All they make right.
0: up a ridiculous sounding name. Okay. And it turns out the guy sitting next to him at the bar is Joey Jojo Jr. <laughs> oh, Shabbatoo. Okay. Okay. Shabadoo is his last name.
1: All right. So so um, they, it's actually someone's actual name at the bar that they're making fun of. Yeah. Okay. I sense. got it.
0: And so on on X day last week, he is sort of doing his leaning back and telling the kids how it should be done. You know, people should be, you know, somebody taught me long ago, never punch down. <laughs> never and he, and he didn't just say that. He said, When someone writes something bad about you, don't don't take it personally. <laughs> Someone writes something bad about yours or something dumb or, or vicious in, in a newspaper or whatever. Don't go on television, and and take and them. And call on. them
1: Cheeto Brigade. Oh wait, he and, did that to literally the, the same.
0: I thought, wait a minute, one election cycle ago, here's Joe Scarborough reaming out the Cheeto Brigade, yeah. who don't know who's stupid and and crazy and dumb and doing ex- it's because he is. Exactly like Donald Trump in that he yep. cannot keep his lies straight. Yep. And he gets yep. paid a lot of money to be this big blustering oaf. Mm-hmm. So um, so on the one hand he's saying this and the next day he says that and it gets really And then really
1: the day the next day he takes the day off. That to me was very revealing. That after the day that he told the big lie on Wednesday about how I never I never supported Donald Trump and Twitter and social media just reamed him. And all the blogs were just saying, oh, come on. You know, this is absurd. You, We have video of you from February. We have video from your show from July where right. everyone is saying, Donald has his groove back. You well, know,
0: and, that's from and, a
1: month ago, dude.
0: Well, so, and, and yeah. He's also given a column in the Washington Post. Yeah. Because why wouldn't you give this big lying scab of a human being a column in the Washington Post? <laughs> but,
1: now, come on. Don't punch down Driftglass.
0: Right. But <laughs> – so, so here he is mercilessly chastising Donald Trump for what, for lying about his own remarks, yep, and then blaming the media for deliberately misrepresenting all of uh-huh. what he said. Don, uh-huh. Don, Don, you said this stuff; you said it on camera. You can't blame the media for this. Which was immediately followed by Joe Scarborough lying about things Joe Scarborough has said and blaming stupid people in political circles for deliberately yeah. misrepresenting him. Yeah, and it was just yeah. this breath to and again. When you live in the house with crazy, drunk, abusive, alcoholic dad, yeah. you recognize what's coming next. Yeah, Because, oh, shit, he's completely lost. He's, he's, he's really drunk now. Yep. He's just rambling. He has no idea like, what the fuck he's talking about. But he's on camera now. Mm-hmm. And so they had to, you know, I guess they had to take him off the air for a minute. Yep. Um. But what happened was, because he just lost it, he staffed his shows with these you know, I, I called the uh, most expendable subaltern on television, Willie Geist. Yeah, yes, so sir. All these yes, sort sir. Of, <laughs> you know, homeless people, Mike Barnacle, who they keep a little bench there that he can sleep on when he's not talking, and a little bottle that he can just sip out of because he is a hack, washed up has been. But once they noticed that screaming asshole dad did not know what he was saying
2: mm-hmm.
0: and was busy doing other things, um, they his panel started talking about, you know, maybe the media. <laughs> <laughs> has something to do with this problem? Says media person Willie Geist.
1: Yeah. You know. Oh, I thought I mean, it was. I thought it was the guy sitting next to Willie Geist. I thought
0: it, it was, was both of them. Oh, it was okay. okay. Willie okay. Geist saying everyone, including members of the press, have to stop falling into the trap Donald Trump has set for them. Like, well,
1: they fallen into mean, it this you? week. You want to assassinate Hillary Clinton, and then you, and then the next day it's it's uh, Barack Obama is founded ISIS, and everybody just switches to the shiny thing.
0: Sure. And then and then Mike Barnacle, same thing. Flips over to, you know, and you can just see this sort of kind of has been beat down hobo of a human being who's been stuck on this show because we got to give him a paycheck. And he just sits there and says, yeah, boss, you're right, boss, whatever you say, boss, is suddenly going, you know, maybe uh, objective journalism is not going to work in this case. Maybe we let uh, Donald Trump get away with things. Mm -hmm. And they're just sort of like poking their little heads up going, are we allowed to say that now? Are we allowed to say this stuff on the air? And that's what's fascinating about this is watching because Donald Trump is not an indictment of Donald Trump. Donald Trump has been an asshole and a racist for 70 years. Donald Trump is an indictment of the media and its complete corrupt complicity with everything that's led up to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they know it, they know they're lying. Every day they go to work knowing they're lying. And the way they get through it is by telling themselves, this isn't really news. We're dressing up in news costumes. This is a show. This is a performance, and you have your line. And your line, Harold Ford Jr. is what? Both sides do it. Very good, Harold. And most <laughs> of your line, what's that? Oh, yeah, you're right, boss. And Ron Fournier, if if if, if Harold Fraud Jr. is busy, you know, ripping some people off on Wall Street, you got to step in. What's your line? Both sides do it. Both Very good, Ron it. Fournier. <laughs> and that's all it is. It's a fucking puppet show. Yeah. And they all know it. And then every now and then, the the consequences of their absolute abject uh, destruction of their own profession, their absolute corruption, overwhelm them. And they start looking around going, holy shit, yeah. this is really bad. Oh, what are we going to do?
1: I want to interject one yep. thing. We've had several listeners write us and tweet us this week asking us if this week with the assassination thing and, and really you know, another week of Donald Trump destroying the Republican brand is this the end of both-siderism? And my answer is, oh, hell no. God oh, no. No. It's going to okay. be rebranding, and uh, Hillary doesn't have a mandate. Watch for that one, because you know, Donald Trump was such a weak right. candidate. She doesn't have a mandate. Um, and all a, a whole lot of other subtle and not subtle ways to diminish her presidency because she's a woman sure. um, or because she's a Clinton or because she's a Democrat or because, and it'll go on and on and on. And this will start from day minus 30. This will sure. start in December. Sure. So watch for that. And um, just the self-preservation of this is really what it's about. They're going to yeah. circle the wagons and make sure that there's a two-party structure within the beltway that they can report on. And they'll have Republican congressmen on forever. Because this,
0: that's, well, this, that's what they This do. is why reporting on things that happened in the past is forbidden.
1: Right, exactly. Because
0: the, you know the the idea that well, now it's like well if, if it, there's all this sort of outgassing of these conservatives who are suddenly waking up to the fact that what liberals have been saying for 20 years has been completely 100% true except they're not going to say that. Right. That well, maybe uh, maybe what what has to happen to my party is it needs to just lose brutally. Just you know just get their ass kicked so that we kicked. can
1: rebuild. From uh, the uh, ground up, and have a which, truly concert, constitutional conservative party drift glass. Yeah,
0: whatever that means. Yeah, I guarantee you, Rihan Salam and and uh, Ross Duthat have a very different picture of what conservatism is. and yeah. equally oh, yeah. horrible. Oh yeah. Than than uh, Ted Cruz. Yeah. Or
2: sure.
0: Marco Rubio. All of their visions are horrible. Conservatism is the problem. These all these little subspecies are are interesting to watch them fight among each other. But the whole thing is the problem. But that's why. You're not allowed to report on the past because the, the follow-up question for anyone who is a seventh-grade you know, reporter for the school newspaper yeah. would be, well, wait a minute. Didn't Barack Obama have a mandate in 2008? Yeah. And the answer would be, la, 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 la. I'm not talking to you. Shut up. Next question. Yeah. Because, yeah, Barack Obama was elected overwhelmingly with a big-ass mandate. And the Republican Party's reaction was, how can we destroy him? How yeah. can we best destroy him? Because here's what we know about the media. Here's what we know. No matter how badly you fuck this guy over, they'll blame both sides. Right. Because they, they cannot do anything. But, you know, the, yep. this this contract that they signed their soul away on says no matter what the fuck we do, you'll blame both sides. And who so who's making a triumphant return this week into midday MSNBC media? Joe Lieberman.
1: Yeah. You oh. know, I want to stop for a minute, though, because... We're yes. talking about Joe Lieberman. We're talking about Joe Scarborough. We're talking about
0: yes. We're missing a big story.
1: We're, we're missing. We're missing a big story about
0: America. About America. About the greatest man in America.
1: Who's the greatest man in America?
0: Sean fucking. No, no,
1: no, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to go there yet. I want to talk about Simone Manuel. Oh I want no. to talk about
0: yeah. yeah.
1: I want to talk about the Simones, Simone Biles and Simone Manuel and Selena and how African-American women have represented this country at the Olympics Mm -hmm. and representation matters. It does. And when that flag goes up and that anthem is played, they're playing it for, you know, the bottom of our social strata for 300 years has been the African-American woman.
2: Mm
1: Mm-hmm and who is rep- this is this is the year of karma it absolutely is for this whole country all the birds are coming home to rest and the fact that these three women are the stars of the show representing the united states and we have a political party that decided that it's okay for 20% of american children to live in poverty Mm-hmm. And we've decided that it's okay for rural America to just go screw itself right because we're going to put party over country for eight years mm-hmm. And now we can go back and talk about to Han about Hannity and no, no. You know, all of these all these media types because I think that it, it is important to talk about what is happening, how how these chickens are coming home to roost mm-hmm. is a fascinating story. But I don't want to forget that these monsters, Mm-hmm. dumbed down their base enough and made them cruel, taught them year after year day after day taught 40% of the american people that it's okay to be vicious monsters toward people who are not like you yep and now they're paying for it because well, donald trump is the logical candidate for those people
0: you remember you remember uh uh do the right thing yeah they're in the pizza joint yep going so who, who, who are your sports heroes?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, they're, they're all black. Yeah.
0: <laughs> you know, do you notice that that's you notice that you notice anything going on there? And I'd like to also, since we're pointing out the best of this country, the mm-hmm. finest of this country, take a moment and say, you know what? Uh, the the most famous race riot in Chicago was in 1919,
2: mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. almost exactly 100 years ago. And it was started because an African-American teenager drowned in Lake Michigan. After oh, violating the segregation rules, the unofficial but very real segregation rules, and being stoned by the mob. At that the beach. Fine. At the beach.
1: At the beach. Not you in wanted- a pr- not in a pool, which, right. by the way, you know, African-Americans have been, had acid dumped on them for being in a pool. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, you know, pulled out of a pool and arrested. And last year, that cop who pulled that African-American girl's hair and cuffed her because she wanted to call her mom
2: because mm-hmm. they
1: the white neighbors called the cops on an african-american pool party Mm -hmm. it's just and and there's a twitter stream that i want to point people to um i'll go get the link but uh of the history this this um sports historian african-american sports historian went through and talked about here's a newspaper article about jackie robinson talking about not being able to swim Here's a newspaper article from Jet Magazine from the 60s talking about why are there no African-Americans – of course, they didn't say it. They said Negroes, but this is in the 60s – said, why are there no Negroes on the um, swim team? Because African-Americans, even at that point, were taking over every single Olympic sport from the U.S. And were winning and winning gold. Mm -hmm. And why are there no um, black swimmers? And and he's got these photos of clips of newspaper and magazine articles over and over and over again where black sport. And this is you know, this is his thing. Right. So um, black sports heroes uh, talking about how they couldn't swim, how they weren't allowed to swim, how they never got in the pool because racism.
0: Right. Period.
1: Um, Yeah. Yeah. And
0: and 100 years later or 70 years later or 50 years later, um, these are our best and brightest.
1: Yep. And it's at Lou Moore, L-O-U-M-O-O-R-E 12. He is a professor at Grand Valley State University in Michigan. And he's a sports, like I said, he's a sports historian. So um, this is his thing. And, and you should go and look at his Twitter stream. It's amazing. All of the um, references and uh, original, you know, documentation of uh, what, what has happened to in American history. And, of course, <laughs> then last night. They took it down pretty quickly, and I feel sorry for them on one level, but on another level, come on. The San Jose Mercury News' headline was Michael Phelps shares historic night with African American.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Come on, man. Come on. on. I mean, it's not funny, but oh, God, it's not
1: funny. It's it's funny because it's just, it's such a face splat
0: for media. Yeah. Yeah. Um,
1: But. Congratulations to all of the American team. And uh, let's do a shout out to Leslie Jones. Who? She's in Rio now. You she know. talked
0: her way into the Olympics.
1: Yeah. And I'm not sure if people suggested, and I think it's probably true, you know, uh, NBC does pay their people to tweet about
0: shows and stuff.
1: Yeah. And I hope they did pay her a lot because she worked her ass off on Twitter.
0: She did. She,
1: generating and, excitement for every single sport.
0: And real, like, you know absolute over-the-top fan girl, uh, and she's, red, she is, yeah. Red, white, and blue, it's leotard. She's gen- genuine, yeah. yeah. And it's it's genuine. like You know what? That's exactly right. That's, you know, standing up and cheering for excellent things. You say Chia. Chia. <laughs> Chia. Uh, is not, you know, is nothing you should be shy about.
1: No, no. So now she's in Rio. And so she got to see the medal, you know, the medal ceremony. And uh, to watch Simone Manuel's tears, two tears drop from her eyes as the U.S. flag is raised and the national anthem is played mm-hmm. is a moment that touches everyone. Yeah. You, you have to be dead inside to not feel that. She's 20 years old. She's got her whole adult life ahead of her, and she's representing all of us. And so I, let's go back to Joe Scarborough, and let's go back to... You know Hannity was ridiculous this yeah. week, and I want to talk about it. But I don't want to forget yeah. that human beings have suffered because of these, because politics, because a one political party put their political wins above the needs of the country.
0: Yeah, and I, I, I and that's, that's a, real...
1: that is true. We don't talk about that as being traitorous. No. We don't talk about cutting food stamps. That you're a traitor if you do that, mm-hmm. but you are.
0: And, and we also, and I'm guilty of this as anyone, when you're eyeball deep in this um, watching a political party set itself on fire and try right. to put the fire out with a claw hammer, mm-hmm. um, taking a, a, you know, a moment to step back and appreciate um, excellence and yeah. beauty yeah. and, yeah. and the, what amazing things human beings can do. This, uh, this video you showed me yesterday. Uh, rebel, rebel. Yes, right. We're so awesome. I mean, just stuff like that makes me stop and smile and say, you know what? As a species, we're gonna be fine if we yeah. can get the, if we can get our shit together on on climate change. And I, I am confident we will.
2: Yeah.
0: Um, we're gonna be fine because these assholes can't last. We keep beating them. They keep coming back, yeah. but we keep they keep losing. They are they are just and they keep losing and and they come back smaller and weaker and more angry and more terrified every time. Yeah. And that's just our lives. But don't let that stop you from going out and enjoying the Perseid meteors or something. Well,
1: like. and, and, you know, we, one thing that makes me not want to just fall into a ball and cry all day long is I have three liberals living with me who <clears throat> are under the age of 18. Yeah. Who who will say to you, gay rights of course, yeah. food programs of course. Why wouldn't you? And aren't interested in being millionaires? Aren't interested in climbing the corporate ladder? Aren't because that all of that was taken. First of all, they're raised right, haha. But <laughs> oh, but in addition to that, the Republican Party built this. They built this generation. I also think that that LBJ built this generation by you know pushing for um desegregation and and to his credit, Ike did too. Eisenhower did. You know, everyone who worked to desegregate schools, um, did
0: Harry, made this Harry,
1: Harry Truman. Yeah. Truman. Shout out to Harry yeah. Truman. Shout out
0: to Eleanor Roosevelt. Yeah. Um shout out to all the African American heroes who who I mean, all the white people who put it out there for them Yeah. Uh, weren't gonna die. Right. Uh, for the most part. There there are many, many exceptions. But right. um this was, and I believe we're going to talk about this uh, when we talk about Tim Kaine. Yeah, right. Um, but for a moment.
1: But let's let go us- back. We're going to go back up on our list because we do have we we do have a list, and I didn't mean to sort of totally pull us away from our show, but I thought it was important to say that that you know they burnt We're talking about the Republican Party setting fire to its party. They've set a lot of fires before this, mm-hmm. and uh, destroyed their party when they decided it was okay for children to live in poverty.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So. And and just so you know, this is what this is what it must feel like to be Donald Trump and or his campaign staff. We have this carefully prepared text. Yeah. I'm trying to stick to it, and suddenly <laughs> you go completely crazy and well, start this, talking about. Blue poor-
1: girl decides she wants to talk about poor people. Hey everybody! <laughs> it's kind of the opposite. It's the opposite of the Trump campaign. (laughs) I thought I'd riff
0: on kindness and humanity and the importance of uplifting your fellow human beings. I have this
1: list to talk about Sean Hannity, and she wants to talk about children.
0: (laughs) I'm talking about tax cuts. Everybody be quiet. (laughs) Oh, and can I I just say one thing?
1: Yeah. I promise. Oh, you can say many things.
0: (laughs) No, this is just a moment. Um, Speaking of pulling people off topic and talking about other things, Hillary Clinton gave a very fine speech about manufacturing and training and so on and so forth. And there was Actually,
1: some... the Washington Post had a really good article. Your outer, Dave Weigel, yeah. said, look, this is a liberal speech. Don't right. even try right. to make it into something uh, bland or uh, not of import because, right. and as I said on Twitter, she's a woman who's got a binder full of yeah. proposals. <laughs> She's Leslie nope Come on, she's Leslie. yeah, she's Leslie
0: no <laughs> I prepared a binder full of ideas that we're going to work on now. We're
1: gonna, and she, as I said last week, she's got the legislation ready to go. So, well, so am- yeah,
0: some poor third tier Trump surrogate. Uh, was jumping up and down, going, she, She's taken all of Donald Trump's good ideas and making them hers, and she doesn't even know what she's talking about. <laughs> and my reaction was, No, but she has taken all of the ideas I worked on 15 years ago.
1: Yeah, I, I came into you as she was speaking about manufacturing and uh training welders at the high school and community college level, and I said. I know you're between wanting to wave a flag and cut your wrist. Glass. Yes. yes. <laughs> Which are you, you know, this, you've been out this of work since what? 2008. And, and here come all of the things that you had. You had binders on all this. Stuff. I
0: did. I worked Literally. on this stuff. Yeah. I, got, yeah. I got people jobs doing this. We set up high schools. We set up um, training programs. Yeah. We, I, I briefed uh, the Kennedy staff. I briefed yeah. the Obama staff. Um this is the sort of thing that can, candidate Obama came to one of our project sites and said this is what you should be doing. Yeah, um yeah. and then but I worked for the wrong people. And Well and
1: you worked at the wrong moment because city government lost everything.
0: And yeah well, no, then yeah. I don't want to get too deep in the weeds. Yeah. Uh city government needed to find room for all of the politically connected people who were going to lose their jobs because city of lost the recession.
1: Revenue. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And so they started hacking up places that were being federally funded yeah. that weren't going to lose their funding. In fact, in fact they were going to get more funding because of the massive increase in unemployment. Yeah. And one yeah. of the casualties of that was me and I haven't worked since, but one of the real tragedies, you know, I'm not a tragedy. I'm just a guy. I married the woman, of my dreams. I have a lovely <laughs> family. I'm doing fine. Although don't, don't, think that you shouldn't send us money
1: and don't um, think you shouldn't if you have a job tip for drift class in south central illinois that you shouldn't forward it on
0: absolutely <laughs> but what what was what was a calamity what really pissed me off was all of the things we were doing got jacked because the, the the one or two people who could actually keep them running keep all the facts in their head and keep the entire you know all the plates spinning was me and a couple yeah, of people yeah. from me and then we we're gone
2: yeah. and all yeah. of these
0: things started collapsing, and people lost faith in the ideas that we were proposing. Yeah. Yeah. and they sat on the shelf for a really long time until I turned on the TV and there's Hillary Clinton going, "Holy crap, that sounds a lot like what I was doing, yeah. you know, in 2004." I'm waiting.
1: I'm waiting for her to give a speech on uh, uh, Wi-Fi, uni- universal Wi-Fi.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that was my project too. Would you like? To, I, I had a 40-page proposal. It's still sitting on the shelf, but if you notice the library in Chicago, if you'd like to look it up. And there's a long, ugly history there. But but uh, getting back to, uh, I'd like to
1: show you. I'd like to show you this PowerPoint slide. Yeah. It has it has the uh, Driftglass's real name scraped off of it.
0: Yeah. Here's how we're going to fund it. Here's how we're going to set it up. Here's a, all of the shit. All, oh, really? You did that too? Really? Yes. I, believe me. I this is this is what's so maddening about being me.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is so I. Anyway.
0: Feel, anyway. Speaking of Trump surrogates who are uh, sad and pathetic. Sean Hannity. Yes. Um,
1: All of I, Fox News, but particularly Sean.
0: Sean. Sean has lost his damn mind. Um, well,
1: he was the bagman for Ailes. I mean, I think that's clear, right? Yeah. yeah. And so, um, Mr. Ailes isn't there anymore to lead the meet the morning meeting. Right. To tell to tell you what to say and how to do it. Right. And because everyone at Fox News is now flailing, basically. Yep. Um. The true believers, the the people who actually liked kissing Roger Ailes' butt, yep. Sean Hannity being the president of that club, um, are really angry at the fact that there's a lot of Fox people that on air Fox people right. who are laughing at Donald Trump right. and aren't going to vote Republican. And,
0: and Sean Hannity's sick of you people.
1: He's yeah. sick of you people. Yeah, yeah, and, be-
0: and because his handler isn't there anymore, right? Because one of the things you Eric should know Bolling about Eric
1: Bowling is the other one who's yeah. also lost his mind. Republican, you know there are Republicans at this network who are not going to vote Republican. I can't believe it.
0: Says Sean Hannity, who always makes a big you know, deal. Eric of- Bowling, Eric Bowling said oh. that.
1: Yeah, he's, he 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 uh, he lowered his voice, which he hardly ever does on the five. What? You know there are Republican. There are people at this network who are not going to vote Republican in November. I can't believe it.
0: <laughs> and every time someone tries to pin Republican failures on Sean Hannity, he's, I'm not a Republican. I'm a conservative. I'm, a conservative. I'm registered. And is. Yes, he's registered in the conservative party in the state. Yeah, yeah. He's one of the many, 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 many people who, you know, millions, tens of millions of people who went right through the Bush off machine, mm-hmm. burned their lawn sign. Now he still thinks George Bush is brilliant. And the Iraq war was won. And everything was great, yeah. but he's not a Republican. Yeah. He's a conservative because that makes a lot of difference to the idiots <laughs> who live in the cave with him. We're yes. not Republicans. We're concerned. They're burning their bush lawn signs for heat in the cave.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So but Roger Ailes, uh, noted sexual predator and deviant, yeah. uh, has been fired from Fox News. And he was the guy who who took Sean Hannity out for a walk three times a day <laughs> and taught him not to poop in the flo- on the floor of the, of the studio. And now Sean Hannity is just running wild because there's nobody there to, to rein him in. And so he's on Twitter picking fights with the, with the Washington Post, which is hilarious. Yep. And, and the thing is, uh, Sean Hannity's very good at his job. He's a handsome guy. He looks like a jock. He but he, And so he's a perfect sort of um, siege weapon. He just blasts yeah. away at yep. whatever he's pointed at. The problem with Sean Hannity is he's very, very stupid. <laughs> and he doesn't know when he's making a huge mistake. He, doesn't, he has no idea when he's stepping on his own dick. He is... Yeah. Like like Donald Trump, he's the Dunning Kruger candidate who was incapable of recognizing the fact that he's gone way the hell over the red line, yeah, and is now destroying his brand. Yeah, so now he's on, and now now people are laughing at him. Yeah, he's on television bringing in you know crackpot medical experts to remote diagnose Hillary Clinton.
1: Yeah, yeah, three times this week. Well, and he said on his blog. I mean, this is this is the other problem, Mm -hmm. is there's no one at Fox to to make you scared that you won't toe the fucking line in every media. So, you know, at Fox, if you were to tweet something or say something at your blog or say something on your radio show, and you're a Fox news employee, and that's, that's an important distinction, right? Rather than Mm -hmm. on air talent or someone who's a contributor. Yeah. But, you know, uh, O'Reilly got in trouble for this and, and with, with Ailes. And so, here is Hannity, who may be towing the line Republican, Republican on Fox, on the air, but his blog is referring. <laughs> I made you laugh so hard yesterday. Yeah. To Gateway Pundit.
2: Yeah. And it's... saying
1: Gateway Pundit has great news for people who are worried about Donald Trump's poll numbers. Yeah. We know Donald's doing better than that because he has twice as many Facebook followers. As Hillary Clinton.
0: Yeah, I just I, I I was no. You're kidding, right? You're joking. No, that's,
1: that's a joke, right? No, yeah. it isn't no. a joke. It's no. for real. Yeah. No.
0: Yeah. No, he, he's he's uh he's found that special form of wingnut numerology.
1: Yeah.
0: Where yeah. Facebook likes our elections. <laughs> and and you can just and here's the thing, here's the here's the here's the frustrating and hilarious thing about being a liberal, which we say every week. You can see this coming a mile away. You can see them, oh, look, you're driving towards the wall. Oh, you're driving faster. Oh, you think that like some kind of roadrunner thing is going to happen. You're going to paint a circle on it and you're going to drive. No, no, you're going to hit the wall at 90 miles an hour. You hit it at 60 last time Mm -hmm. and 40 the time before that. And you think, maybe if I drive faster, maybe if I'm just even more committed to my incredibly stupid ideas. And if I keep repeating myself what Donald Trump says every time he opens his mouth and lies, which is every five minutes, many people say, a lot of people say, I hear a lot of smart people say. No, you're hearing voices in your head and you're hearing all of the really stupid people who believe everything you say because they're really stupid. Yep. And that's all you're listening to. So you're listening to a fraction of a fraction of a fraction, which in TV terms is wonderful. You've got a great rated show, you're a rich guy, you have nice hair. And you're going straight into a wall, and there's nobody there uh, in your ear telling you, uh, you really need to slow down (laughs) a little bit, and you really need to get back on message, because the message of the day is this, and not Hillary Clinton's mystery medical record.
1: Right, right.
0: And so I'm just, you know, again, nobody gives a shit what liberals think anyway. So I got my feet up in the the stands waiting for the, the car to tow into the wall. And watch it go boom,
2: because mm-hmm.
0: that's what's going to happen. So the mm-hmm. question we always talk about around our house is since this is going to happen, what will the after action behavior be
1: mm-hmm. on the
0: part of the people who, who engineered this disaster?
1: Well, part I wanna I wanna stop and back up just a half an inch sure. from that because it occurred to me yesterday when thinking about Hannity mm-hmm. and finding some articles about gerrymandering that you know, Fox News has gerrymandered the media. Yeah. And they have put all of the Republicans in this little district where you are wingnut majority. Super majority. Right, super majority. Yeah. And so because of that, Fox News viewers, this is why they're freaking out about the polls and so angry at, at the media, and particularly CNN for reporting poll numbers. And you hear things from Gateway Pundit readers Saying you called too many Democrats in your poll. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is that by gerrymandering media? They don't realize that they are a minority in America. Right. They're gerrymandered in their congressional districts, which is a whole nother issue. But they're gerrymandered in the media, and they think, well, of course we're a ma- you know we're a majority. Both Sean Hannity and Bill O'Reilly said that. Sure. Hillary Clinton signed NAFTA.
0: Right. And, <laughs> so... and, and because I'm a smarty smart smart, I read it in the Wall Street Journal.
1: Yeah, and uh, I read it in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, which yeah. has
0: words in a row and everything, <laughs> and it's written on paper, and it's that's where smart people go, no, that's also owned by Rupert fucking right, Burdock. It's
1: all one big ball of dough for you, yes, to, yep. to, to eat from. And so I, I wrote in our notes, everything that Trump shirts should know they should have learned in kindergarten. Yep. They should have learned about sharing. They should have learned that about diversity. They should have learned about uh, everything isn't yours, and you're not right all the time, and that's okay.
0: Right. And <laughs> taking the time out. Learn. And being, taking... nice <laughs> being nice to people.
1: Being nice to people, and so, um, but the but the idea of not not recognizing that they're in a minority in America, that they are 38% of the electorate. Mm -hmm. And that means something. And and I will add, this this is a little bit wonky, but there was an article in the Washington Post yesterday about this thing with gerrymandering and how these districts were gerrymandered in 2010 to be majority Republican and bring more Republicans into the Congress, right? Mm -hmm. Well, because they gerrymandered them and the, and the way they had to gerrymander them, these districts are like 53, 46, 47. Right. They're 51, 49. They, they are majority Republican. And in a year when everybody is freaking out about Obamacare and believing in death panels and uh, Obamacare hasn't launched yet. And so everyone's really terrified of it. Uh that helped them win the Congress. Yeah. But these, in a year like this year, when, you know, the, the whole party is just toxic, and women voters in particular, it turns out, are really motivated to go to the polls. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and college-educated women are gone. They are just, the the numbers are so out of reach. I mean, you're talking in some states about Hillary Clinton winning Repo- winning women by 30 points.
0: Yeah, which is... You cannot win. No, you cannot no, win you cannot with cannot that number. And
1: zero percent African Americans. Right. Zero. I mean, that's Romney did better with African Americans than most Republicans are going to do this year. Yeah. And so because they gerrymandered them and it's so close, mm-hmm. <laughs> if they just kept the seats they had and not gerrymandered them, but they decided, oh, we can afford to give these Republican votes to, and have two districts instead of one. Right. We could have had a really solid, you know. 60-40 Republican district, but no, let's have two 45-55 districts. we well, we'll do re- it that way.
0: And remember that John Boehner, remember him? The happiest yeah. man in America? Yeah. John Boehner had to repeatedly, just to get anything done, get 30 Democrats to vote with him.
1: Exactly, because exactly.
0: Because his own party's out of its friggin' mind. Well, now flip that around. What happens yeah. when Democrats are within 10 or 12 votes of a majority? Right. They right. can just peel off Vote by vote by vote um, and, a whole and- lot of Illinois Republicans let's face yeah. it yeah.
1: and and you're right that in these gerrymandered districts, people who know that there's another election in two years, I got through on the skin of my teeth because of Trump i'm I'm sitting here I won by what one and a half points maybe mm-hmm. If I piss off the Democrats in my district or the liberal Republic or the college educated women in my district, They split their ticket for me. Right. I'm If I I turn into Trump now, or if I show that I'm blocking what Hillary wants now.
0: The the person they voted for.
1: Yeah. I'm done. Yeah. So it's going to be a whole lot easier for some of them. I mean, the, the other problem is that these new Republicans that came in as a result of gerrymandering, that's the Freedom Caucus.
0: Yeah, they're nuts.
1: They're and, they're, and they're stupid and they're yeah. really stupid and unqualified. Yeah. So, you know, this they are the ones who were true believers in death panels. That's right. who won in 2010.
0: And they still so, are.
1: And they, still and, and they, they still, still, still and they still do. And they still, you know, quote Hannity and Facebook. And
0: <laughs> the they Facebook still believe followers. Barack Obama is a secret Muslim. And they still yeah, believe he so, was. And, and they're just there. Now, one more thing I want to mention about the gerrymandering the media, because that's a really smart point. That's a really good point, is not only have they gerrymandered themselves into their own media bubble,
2: Mm -hmm. but
0: they believe they're a majority. Every time they peek out of it, the first thing they see is... Ron Fournier is saying, well, you know, both sides are ripped. Yeah,
1: right, right. That's, that's, that's the garden so outside the wall that, that just, that's very pleasant.
0: Right. And and, wh- right. and wh- who else they see are people going, you know, this is really a horse race. This is a close one. You know, we're a divided country, pretty much 50-50 <laughs> right down.
1: Very divisive. And it's like, well, you know, okay, we're, we're close. It's really about economic anxiety. It's not about race. You know, it's not like Republicans are all of a sudden all racist.
0: No. <laughs> and and so they get reinforced yeah. in their belief that they have a rationale that is beyond uh, their inherent stupidity and bigotry. And mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. people, were, there was a conversation this morning, I forget where it was, about economic insecurity. It was probably on television. It you know, was. Oh, yeah. You said,
1: was, you, you said it was on
0: Morning Joe. Yeah, yeah. it was. But we need to understand that these people are motivated by economic insecurity. It's, it's not racism. Well, there's some of that. But there's, you know, they're all very insecure, and they're lashing out. And we need to open our arms to these people and reach out to them and be one big, and I just want to say, please... Leave Davos alone. Yeah. Their their rage, their street-filling, tricorn-hat-wearing, burn-this-fucker-down rage only happened after the black guy became president. Yeah. It didn't happen when George Bush was fucking them over. It didn't happen when George Bush was sending their brothers and sisters and sons and daughters off to die in a war he us into. It didn't happen when George Bush took the surplus and pissed it away and made a deficit out of it. And and you people lined up to vote for Mitt Romney, who wanted to destroy the auto industry. So, yeah. yeah, I can. they are economically insecure. And they keep voting for the people who are fucking them over. So there is something else at work there other than pure economic interest. And yep. the thing that's at work there is residual white supremacist hatred left over from the goddamn Civil War.
1: Well, and they are also living in neighborhoods that have been gerrymandered racially. Yeah. You know, that is it is all part of the same picture mm-hmm. of real America is white. Real America is conservative. Real America is tacitly Christian. Yeah. And uh, that doesn't mean we go to church. That doesn't mean we don't get divorced. That doesn't mean we don't screw around on our wives. That doesn't mean we don't smoke pot. That doesn't right. mean a lot of things. But uh, we want white male Republican in the White House because that, lets us reset to yeah. we can go to sleep now and not worry about politics. You
0: had a president who wanted to- Our tribe to, is, is, is in charge. You had a president who wanted to give you health care, take care of your economic needs, understand that the world is changing and that you will need job training and you will need a, a, a new path back to the middle class who wanted to find ways to rebuild the infrastructure to give people jobs, who wanted to do all of those things and spent seven years begging the party that you belong to To just give him a fucking inch.
1: Yeah, so you had a president that wanted you to have an economic future. And your party, the people you voted for, blocked it.
0: And you cheered them on and voted for them to do it again harder. So don't come to me now with your, I want an opportunity, my future looks awful. I agree with you. That's great. Can we stop blaming Mexican rapists and gold star families.
1: Imaginary Mexican
0: rapists. Imaginary (laughs) Mexican rapists and gold star families and every other Fox News boogeyman that lives under your bed for your problems and get to work on solving. I'm I'm down for that anytime, anywhere. The problem is you can't give them up because the minute you start unraveling that sweater, Mm -hmm. very quickly... You look like an idiot. You look like exactly the idiot liberals have been saying you were for the last 20 years. And you can't live with that self-image. Well, and and
1: as long as the president is black, Mm -hmm. you can't rip the government tag off of the stuff that will help you because it's Obamacare. It's got to be labeled Obamacare so that we can have a political win out of it. But, you know, once there's a white Republican in office, we can do – a Medicaid drug program, Medicare drug program for white white seniors. And they'll just say, that's just great. You know, charge it to the credit card so we can have our boner pills on Medicare. Sure. You know, but uh, you can't do that if it's a Democrat and he's black and he's a Muslim and he's on and on and on. All you know, that that is the problem is that government spending is fine if a white Republican
0: is doing it. Which leads us irrevocably to Bible (laughs) bitch.
1: Well, Bible bitch is not going to be Bible bitching today. I'm not I'm not going to be reading from scripture. But I, no. did, religion did come into the news today and uh, this week. And part of it was Donald Trump opening his pie hole again. You know, Mr. Two Corinthians opening his, his pie hole because uh, he had to speak before a group of evangelicals. Mm-hmm. And he said, you know, uh, I'm not going to get into heaven if I'm not elected president. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, he's, uh, well, where are you going to go, Donald? Because <laughs> we got to find that out right now. You better be looking into it. Um, and then uh, he also asked the group of evangelicals if they knew anyone in Utah. I know. Because I'm not doing well in Utah, and I could use some help there. Yeah. And uh, not recognizing that um, uh, the reason people in Utah are not voting for you, Donald, is because evangelicals kicked them out of the United States and gerrymandered them into Utah. I mean again, it's it's
0: well, murder keeps coming up. The, murdered their leader and chased murdered them out them. of Illinois. Yeah. Uh,
1: up the road from here yeah. actually. Yeah. yeah.
0: Right down yeah. the road from here. And yeah. chased them into the desert where they set up their own country because everybody wanted to kill them because yep. they were they because there was a religious test for being an American. Yeah.
1: Exactly. And and they are very sensitive to that for everyone. I mean to their credit, to the the mormons credit they do see a connection between muslim americans and them right. it's not just oh well you know we're white and we're christians so you should accept us it's no anyone who any religious test for being an american is horrible right and we take it personally because it happened to us
0: and they take and immigration so, yeah. seriously too you he, know, and
1: immigration. Yes, they take it seriously. So part and part of that is, you know, they're also very much about converting and, right. and mission, mission in the sense of mission
0: to convert people. So, and, and Donald Trump um, decided to take that entire complex, nuanced, interreligious electoral exactly. issue and yeah. be Rodney Dangerfield. Hey, anybody, anybody know the any Mormons <laughs> out here? Hey, hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, no problems the audience here. Oh, man, I got problems with Mormons. Let me tell you. Like, <laughs> wow. Wow. Yeah. You, yeah. Oh, and OK, exactly.
1: And it went over like a lead balloon. Contrast that to Tim Kaine, the vice presidential nominee for the Democratic Party, who is also a missionary, uh, a Catholic missionary who went to Honduras, right? Yep. And learned Spanish. And uh, let me take a time out here and mention the value of going somewhere where you are a minority, if you are a white male, female, Christian person. Mm-hmm. Um, I went. Uh, as a, an Affirmative Action student, I fully admit it, I spent four years at Brandeis University. I had African-American roommates. I was in a suite, sophomore year? Yeah. I was in a suite with ten total students at Brandeis, and I was the only white Christian in of the ten students there for a year. And um, the value of that is you really... You know, I'm not pretending that I lost my privilege at that moment. No, exactly. But I certainly recognized much more than I had before what that privilege is. So, uh, Tim Kaine, you know, went to Honduras, was English-speaking white man learning about culture there, and um, came home. And this is what this is what he said to the evangelicals this week. Came home and recognized that some of my fellow students getting out of college couldn't find housing because when they got to an apartment to look in an apartment, the landlord said it was taken yeah. when it wasn't. Yeah. Huh. And uh, that became a really easy case to win. And I became the lawyer to go after housing discrimination mm-hmm. in Virginia.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> and, um, but he, he then talked about the book of Job. And job, how, job
0: one or job two, honey?
1: Yeah, well you know, yeah. the double job. You know that that one.
0: Uh, We're gonna bring American jobs back to this country. For me. <laughs> <laughs> the Chinese stole all our jobs. They, stole all our, they Jobes. stole all our jobs. They're <laughs> screwing us with the currency manipulation and such.
1: That's like, not what he's talking. No. About. no,
0: it isn't. No.
1: No, but he mentioned that in different stages of your life, the Bible means different things, and that that's one. You know, he. He was speaking to a group of people who read the Bible every day. Right. And so he starts off by saying, you know, when I read the Bible as a college student, it meant something very different to me than it means today as a, you know, 50-something father and vice presidential candidate and career politician and so forth. I'm in a different place in my life, and the Bible is a living document. And he said that to the audience, and they're like, of course, you know, this is, he he was absolutely speaking um, from a place where they already were.
0: He knew the shibboleth.
1: Yeah, the shibboleth, and he didn't have to, he said, two Corinthians. (laughs) No. And so he, and as he said, the book of Job to me at the time when I was young, Meant and 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 for those of you who don't know the book of Job, the book of Job is basically, um, God and the devil, it, you know, it's a parable. God and the devil make a bet that this really good man, who also has wealth and standing and family and is admired by the community, loses everything. And if he loses everything, will he lose his faith? And that's the bet that God has with the devil we're going to oh. take away everything this guy has. You Leave always... him sitting in a pit with boils on his skin. Kill his family off. All of his wealth gets lost. All, of... yeah. <laughs> and the the thing about this parable from the day I first read it was, um, you know, the family, the women and children, the wives and children of
0: Job are zero. Are, uh, they're, <laughs> carto- they're cartoon characters. They're cartoon.
1: They yeah. are. They are simply placeholders. Right and and totally fungible.
0: Well, and let me and so, Let me add one thing. I di- yeah. I didn't go to Harvard Divinity School. But let me add one thing. Job wasn't just the, a good man. Job was the best man. Yeah. Job yeah. was sinless. Job Yep. Did everything the law said he was supposed he to do. He did
1: everything right. Exactly. He made exactly.
0: He didn't just make sacrifices on the right days the right time. Mean, he sacrificed for his kids. He he was he went way over the top in being the most righteous guy because God had a contract, he had a covenant. If you do every single thing right, you will be blessed and rewarded. So Job is the best man of the time, the
1: best man. And S- Satan says, "Well, he's the best man, but because he, he took away all the stuff, uh-huh. he would he would give up his faith." And so and so, there's a struggle, and uh, there's a whole bunch of things that happen, and three men come and talk to Job and give him advice. And then there's this fourth man that shows up and has all of the correct answers about obedience to God, which everyone agrees, every biblical scholar agrees, was added on much later. (laughs) (laughs) Because human beings have to get it right at some point.
0: (laughs) It's it's the Hollywood ending, you know? It's
1: the Hollywood ending. And in the end, uh, all of Job's stuff is restored to him. And he gets a new wife and family, right Yay, I mean, The, the placeholders are replaced, so but uh, also
0: but what Tim Kaine said yeah, one more thing okay. just, he yeah. also looks God straight in the eye,
1: yeah, he looks God straight in the eye, and
0: says, "How yeah. dare you? I did everything you asked, and you took this away from me, and job was not patient, that is a mistranslation. No, no, job was exactly, pissed. pissed. how dare you yeah. anyway,
1: Tim Kaine said, you know when i was when I was younger and read this story, I thought. Uh, that this was about testing, that this was about you'll go through trials and it'll means, you know, and you'll have to you'll have to be obedient and love God no matter what, no matter what trial comes to you. Mm -hmm. God is there. uh, He's he may be testing you, but you've got to stick to it. And he said, I now see this story as being about blame Mm
2: -hmm.
1: and blaming the victim Mm -hmm. and how uh, looking at Job, who has lost everything and is at a place Of poverty and a place of suffering and how people in that story would look at him and blame him for his circumstance when he did nothing wrong. Yep. And you could hear a pin drop in
0: that room. Because now it's political.
1: Now and now it's personal. Yep. Now it's about America. It's about what are we doing and he, you know, we are taking away. I know we have a lot of atheist listeners. I know there's a lot of atheist listeners in the progressive movement. Uh, atheists get into heaven way before me, as far as I'm concerned, yeah. because as I've always said, good goodness and truth without the carrot or stick of religion yeah. is a higher level for you know. And 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 I don't believe we are judged on following a a human course of action yeah, in terms of our checking the boxes off. to do it. No, yeah. no. So. But, but what Tim Kaine has done and, and what others have done and, and the Democratic National Convention and Reverend Barber was perfect example of this as well, um, we're taking evangelism away. We're taking um, that moral high ground. That box is being checked off now by the Democratic Party. Yeah. And uh, what they have on the other side is two Corinthians. Am I right? Am I right?
0: Well, two Corinthians and <laughs> behind that, an ideology that says poor people are morally deficient. That's why yeah. they're poor. Yeah. And suffering well, and, is because and, you're a bad person and you're not okay. right and, and you're, you're, you know, defective. And it's not well, our obligation thugs. to help you. And,
1: and thugs. I mean, yeah. this goes to Black Lives Matter as well. Right. Thugs. And we are going to divide off police from the community. Mm-hmm. And that is, you know, again, it's, it's about tribalism rather than uh, truth. Mm-hmm. And I, I think, too, about it's it's perfectly OK to never go to church and to never and to cheat on your wife and to abuse alcohol and abuse your wife and be hateful mm-hmm. towards poor people. But, you, you know, but I'm a Christian and yeah. I vote for this party that gives lip service over and over again to family values when... That that is absolutely the opposite of what your party actually values. You value tribalism,
0: mm-hmm.
1: white tribalism. Um, we're going to end.
0: And I'd like to add subject. Like, yes. I just want to add that this this trick also works with all great literature. Um, yes. Uh-huh. Read Hamlet or King Lear at fifteen,
1: yep. and you're reading oh, yeah. a very no, different no, thing no. Yeah. than reading yeah.
0: Hamlet when you're forty or King yeah. Lear when you're seventy.
1: This is not special to the Bible in that respect no. at all. No, I read Middlemarch in college, and I read Middlemarch after I had kids, and whoa, is it a different book? Just completely, utterly different. Yeah. Um, I want to end with talking about the hashtag Hillary coverage is crap, uh, I- noticing that all of Donald Trump's statements are controversial.
0: Yeah, <laughs> really. Yeah.
1: I don't think that word means what they think it. Yeah, means. Yeah, I don't think. I don't think
0: that word means what you think it means. Uh, uh, no, I, I controversial is not what you mean to say is they're lies. Yeah. And no,
1: what you mean to say is they're awful, but you can't say that because both sides.
0: Well, they're awful, yeah. inflammatory bombshells, and they're mostly lies. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you can't say that because reasons. You
1: Did can't. you see on Twitter the tweet I sent you about someone stealing your Cokie Roberts joke? No. But yeah, a, a Republican in Iowa said this, and this is at Politico. <laughs> Trump is under for underperforming. <laughs> First of all, underperforming, yeah. right? There's that word. Okay, Trump is underperforming so comprehensively, it would take video evidence of a smiling Hillary drowning a litter of puppies while terrorists surrounded her with chance of death to America mm-hmm. for her to lose.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Does that sound familiar to you?
0: It sure Your does. Cokie
1: Roberts joke?
0: Uh, well, right? it was, it was, it was, um, it was, Dick Cheney. Uh, Dick Cheney, yeah. Dick
1: Cheney, yeah. right? Uh, Drift Glass' is old, uh, Dick old,
0: Cheney 2004, joke. 2004 or 5.
1: Yeah, Dick yeah. Cheney
0: could be caught videotaped on the White House lawn throwing burning kittens at homeless veterans. Yeah. And, and. The The first first
1: three words (laughs)
0: out of David Gregory's mouth or David Brooks's mouth would be "but the Democrats."
1: But the Democrats,
0: because that's and
1: this and this is what I this was my response to this quote today about Hillary drowning puppies with terrorists saying "death to America." Was if they caught Trump doing that? They'd report the
0: controversy. Well, And, they'd and then about, they'd
1: sag to Hillary's unlikability in emails.
0: There's some more emails about some people that worked for her making a phone call to other people that worked for her asking for a favor. And <laughs> she didn't do it. But still, that's pretty suspicious, still, don't yeah. you think? Over to you, Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's, and so
1: watch for that word controversy. Controversy is the new both sides, yeah. apparently. That's what, they, that's what they've moved to. Because they can't say both sides because he's so awful. Mm-hmm. So they just say controversy. He's, his controversial comments.
0: Well, and, and they're all sort of battening down the hatches because the storm will pass. Yeah. And they'll get to go back to lying in the way they're used to lying. Rather than trying to put their arms around this giant orange monster mm-hmm. that they have no way of reporting on. Or even understanding without the next statement being both sides don't do it and liberals were always right liberals and they can't say that. right
1: right well the true believers have moved into the alex jones yeah. camp and circled the wagon inevitably inevitably
0: and, and this yeah. is, they're this in
1: is, full, full-blown conspiracy theory this is who you know, that's hannity
0: this is yeah. who we call the chicken farmers yeah. Uh, yeah based on a uh the power of myth documentary talking about the the terrorist group in algiers i think eventually mm-hmm. became 12 guys right. who decided the entire country needed to be killed because nobody was pure enough except them. <laughs> and it was led by a chicken farmer, named whatever the hell his name was. But this is how cults work. You're watching a cult contract yeah. into, into a, a white dwarf and then into a black hole mm-hmm. um, and eventually just collapse completely. And the question is, I, I have a feeling this is what haunted Lincoln.
2: Yeah.
0: How oh. do you contain this? You know, because something very bad is going to happen. Either mm-hmm. Donald Trump's going to win or Trump people are going to lose. And then there's going to be some very, very unpleasant months or years following that.
1: There is, you know, one of the things that's going to happen, though, right away, mm-hmm. because his term ends in January, is Ryan's Priebus would be gone. Yeah. So, you know, that there's, there's a scalp <laughs> that's already planned out. Goddamn right? Priebus.
0: Goddamn that God damn, Priebus. Goddamn, it was
1: all his fault. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, he's already gone. So... They can blame it on him. Uh, they can blame it on, uh, and, and they can bring in someone. Now, now I gotta warn you, Drift Class, and this is their habit. Uh, there is a woman, and I think I've told you this before, running for RNC chair, and it's Carly Fiorina. Uh-huh. Yes. So maybe she can save the GOP the way she saved HP, because yeah. you know it's only one letter difference. So um, we'll see how that works out. I've always, I've said many times that I think that Mitt Romney should take over the RNC. Yeah. And and use the myth that he saved the Olympics to say I can save the Republican Party that way well, you save the Olympics for one thing he'd have all the big donors right away. Yeah. And uh then and and then I ha- I have another modest proposal which is <clears throat> excuse me. Um and this this may go over like a lead balloon in Republican circles I don't know and I you know far be it for me to offer the Republican Party advice on how to save themselves but if it were me <laughs> I would start some real party discipline, which is the one thing they have, the one thing the Republican party structure has is seats at the debates. Yes. And so um, you tell them, you know, Mitt Romney or Carly Fiorina or whoever it is says, okay, you have to release five years of tax returns to me to get a seat on the debate stage. Mm -hmm. And there's not going to be a kiddie table. Right. There's going to be... Five year everybody on this stage has uh, divulged to the party their financial statements and tax returns for five years. And the problem with that is it keeps out the Newt Gingriches, it keeps out the Rick Santorums, it keeps out a lot of these personalities right. that I think the party likes to have on the stage as representing, at least in some way, certain constituencies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're just there to run so they can up their speaker's fee and be on Fox News. I mean, that's the only reason. Yeah. So you clear those people out by making them release their tax returns, um, which will then be made public once you're the nominee. Mm-hmm. OK, so you have to be a serious candidate. And um, I, I think that would uh, prevent the Trumps and, and the other kind of fringe candidates You'd have a much tighter group. Mm -hmm. And you could also say you're not going to be on the stage if you're not a current office holder. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, that also.
0: Or a recent office holder.
1: Or a recent office holder. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, You have to have held Republican office within the past six years.
0: I I think that they're going. This is something I was uh, sort of noodling about today. And this is a good good sort of way to sort of out Mm -hmm. uh, tail off this portion of our podcast Mm -hmm. Um, that that fixing the Republican Party means two radically different things. Um, one is you fix the party so that it, it adheres to sane, reasonable Republican Candidates. principles that my dad would recognize.
1: Right, right.
0: I don't agree with them. I think a lot of them are terrible, but at least there's sort of a rationale behind them. And mm-hmm. there's a recognition the world has changed in 1980. And, you know, we have to rethink what we do. And people really are hurting out there. And, and that. You can fix the party by making it more ideologically um, flexible, coherent, and sane.
1: I hate to say it, but that's George H. W. Bush before he sold his soul. Oh yeah, no, no,
0: I, I that's who agree. it is. That's
1: what you're talking
0: about. You can fix the Republican Party to win elections mm-hmm. because it, to, oh to yeah, fix it, the first yeah. way you've got to jettison about 20 million people from your party.
1: Right. You have exactly. to tell them
0: explicitly you are not welcome here anymore. Our policies will help you, but we don't want your fucking vote. Go vote for David Duke. Go vote for someone else. But you got to tell them there's no home for you here. Um, And when they stand up and say the stupid things they say on Fox or whatever outlet it is, you have to say, no, that's not us. That's not us. That's not my party. I want no part of that. I disavow that. That And I
1: disavow it. Yeah. I disavow racism.
0: And there are no leaders in the Republican Party currently. Who, who have the balls to do that. Cause they all came up under the old system where yeah. just keep being yeah. red meat to idiots and I'll keep winning elections. That's mm-hmm. how Paul Ryan right. got his, mm-hmm. his right. seat. So, right. It, right. so you can either fix the party to be sane.
1: Well, what you're saying is you can fix the candidates or you can fix the voters. Right. And if you fix the voters, you are by definition sentencing your party to be a permanent minority party for the foreseeable future. Yep. And, but what what you're then going to do eventually? You hope, and and here we're just talking as <laughs> we're really going full launch As nerd, As political yeah, yeah, this is nerd politics. Um, that's when you start trying to peel off the suburban white Democrat, the the suburban whites who college educated who voted Democrat this time.
0: Yeah, and you start going after the libertarians in Colorado. Right, and the right, town exactly. and whatever.
1: right. Yeah. right. But, but you, but then you've got to be, you've got to move to the left, is what you've got to do. Yeah, and. After 30 years of triangulating and Democrats moving to the right over and over again, it's time. Yeah, it's time. This is a, when George Wilt says this is a center-left country, yeah. that's, that's a red flag. Yeah. All right, we're going to stop there because we're at an
0: hour 15 already. And there will be no science fiction university this week.
1: Uh, We're going to – actually, I want to ask our listeners to start thinking about a name for the show. I mean, it's going to be Science Fiction University. Start thinking about um, website art, and we're going to – after the election, we're going to launch a new show. And I think we'll start with the robot stories, and we'll just go from there because this is – it's taken over so much of our time blogging to write about this that trying to do Science Fiction University in the podcast is just not working.
0: So School watch starts for and, right. I have and what, the kids
1: are back tomorrow. Yeah. So and I have family yeah. business
0: to attend to that yes
1: you do take
0: me away for a while uh, often so, so it's just getting a little little difficult to it, the, the stories yeah. are welcome and good and we appreciate them um, yeah oh, but, I, I, but
1: I, watch for the launch of a new show in December I think is what we'll try to do
0: part of our media empire that way that way we can just at least sort of partition our time more um thoughtfully yeah and uh do... and
1: if you if you want to donate website design to our um podcast empire let yes. us know
0: <laughs> or if you want to uh, if you want to donate an original signed frisetta worth 20 <laughs> to thirty thousand dollars to us that would be fine too i have no problem with that by the way uh no science fiction university this week but Mr. Robot was awesome, and you should watch. Oh
1: my God, Seriously. everyone! Everyone, whether you watch Mr. Robot or not, should go watch the first twenty minutes because it's awesome. Yeah, and and hilarious, and you'll think it's funny. I would, and, I would and, and,
0: and creepy. I would disagree that you should watch the episode before that to get some okay. perspective on how completely weird and hilarious and brilliant it is that they did it this way because it's yeah. it's friggin' amazing.
2: They got we
1: the- love Mr. Robot yeah. as a show. Miss, I I will say though, Driftglass, you know maybe. Just we've re- we recommended it so many times. Yes. People are either going to watch it or not. You might want to just start from the beginning and binge watch last season and this season and so forth. Um, it's dark. It's violent. Uh, it deals with issues of drugs and mental illness mm-hmm. in a very uh, harsh way. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I think it's a beautiful work of art. I also appreciate that, like Walking Dead and Breaking Bad. It's not for everybody. right? And I, so.
0: and I also appreciate it. And, and we watch it as writers as well.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. So um,
0: there's an element in this last episode which pulls from a 1980s TV show. That uh, Alf, I'll just say, it references Alf. Uh, that's yeah. all I'll say. But one of the writers who actually was on Alf uh, that made a movie out of his life uh, called Permanent Midnight with Ben Stiller uh, parallels Elliot's plight.
1: The main character, Elliot. Yeah. In, in,
0: in ways that make me think that it wasn't picked by accident.
1: No, I, I think you're way. right. I think you're right.
0: And, yeah. and the yep. substructure, just this sort of the story arc and what's the machinery that's moving the plot along is not a ripoff of breaking bad, but it's following the same structural um, highway.
1: It's the overplot, the yeah. overplot of breaking bad guy does this guy faces, this guy winds up this way.
2: And, mm-hmm.
1: It, in that very broad, yep. real broad way, uh, it's the same plot line. And you keep now, getting in
0: deeper. Yeah. You
1: keep you yeah. you
0: keep, you keep trading, trying to get out, and you keep getting in deeper. And because yes. you're a genius at this one thing, you're, you're really good, at, good it. at it, and that's yeah. how um, that's how you have your power in the world. But mm-hmm. other than that, let's just say you love the show. It's a very good show. Yeah, Sam Esmail is a genius. Good. All hail Sam Esmail. It's a brilliant freaking show.
1: Who's directing every episode this season.
0: And so. who should hire me as a writer. Uh, just, ah! just <laughs> you just saying. Just for like, all I want is that one line of my resume. And I worked <laughs> on, I did the punctuation. One
1: episode. one of the drafts
0: <laughs> of one of the scripts. And then I'm a happy guy. Uh, this, <laughs> they're pay me. I'll put in semicolons. I, You know, I know that's the, what is it? The hermaphrodite of punctuation. As I, <laughs> I think Norman Mailer said that probably. <laughs> but I'll do it, man. For you, I'll do it.
1: Anyway. You would. All right. Each week, we post to our Facebook page and website an Internet Kitty sent in by you, the listeners. This week's Internet Kitty is Molly. Our listener, JM, writes that Molly is a bossy, spoiled gal who loves me despite my being a mere mortal. (laughs) And in this picture, yes, Molly is sitting on her spot on the bed, and she has her head on her pillow. Thank you very much. (laughs) We have a cat like that,
0: too. Yes, we do.
1: <laughs> this is my, oh, my bed. Yeah.
0: yeah. You may sit on my bed.
1: You may sit on my bed, maybe. <laughs> you can send your internet kitty to us at our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, where you can also write to both of us. Feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at any of our addresses, we reserve the right to read your email or U.S. Postal Service. Go postal unions! Letter on the air, unless you say otherwise. Don't forget our gourmet coffee guideline. If you can afford to buy an espresso based beverage for yourself, buy one for us. And don't forget our Amazon link at our website. We believe in buying local, and we also believe in shopping Amazon with our link if your alternative is a big box store. Drift Glass next week is a very special episode of our
0: podcast. Yes, it's 350.
1: Well, it's also our wedding anniversary oh that's you didn't right didn't forget did you <laughs> oh my god
0: that's right I gotta go I gotta go to the store I'll be right
1: back <laughs> he knows he remembers <laughs> uh, yeah we are uh, we actually released a podcast on our wedding day five years ago Good. on the 19th of August 2011 and uh, on the 19th of August 2016 we will be have another podcast out and it is our fifth wedding anniversary yeah um, the the traditional gift for fifth wedding anniversary is wood, and the modern is silverware. Mm-hmm. So I've written in our notes, would you give us five bucks in our PayPal account, <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: or buy silverware for yourself on Amazon yes. and use our link, and that can be your gift to us. We appreciate it. Um, but yeah, we'll be we'll be uh, all lovey dovey next week. Unlike normally, you know, where we're fighting all the time, we'll have to we'll have to pretend.
0: You always say that.
1: <laughs> you know uh, our our middle child says yeah. you guys never fight and it's kind of true for the most part we never fight no, we, don't no fight.
0: We, we tamp it down and tamp it down and tamp it down
1: oh and, and swallow the anger I swallow
0: the anger until <laughs> on some socially inappropriate occasion i have too much to drink and i let everyone know what i think
1: i think you and i um learned to manage our expectations very well in our first marriages let me I, just say i that.
0: believe we did yeah. We, did, we didn't walk out of there with PTSD. No. We, but we figured out how to how to do relationships and how not to do
1: them. Right.
0: We learned how not to do them. Yeah. Oh, here's a whole <laughs> bunch of things I want to avoid doing for the rest of my life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: And learned how to appreciate the good we have. And I am so, so grateful. We've had a very good five years. Mm-hmm. And I love you very much, and I'm so glad I'm married to you.
0: So too. Now, see, now this is the feelings portion of our show. Which uh-huh. Always
1: makes <laughs> moving on. Mm-hmm. Approximately one percent of our listeners support this podcast with a contribution. <laughs> you can too. See our website professionalleft.blogspot.com for details. Both our PayPal and postal address information is there at professionalleft.blogspot.com. Please rate our show on iTunes or Stitcher Radio, and thank you for doing that. And I also want to welcome Hillary Clinton to the podcast world. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) If you go to Hillary for America, hillaryclinton.com slash page slash podcast, backslash, uh, episode one, hi, Hillary. That's nice. (laughs) (laughs) No, we welcome her to the podcast world. And uh, that's that's cool. You know, everybody's po- everybody's the New York Times is podcasting right. now. We're all, you know, you guys are welcome to the party, but we've been here for a long time. Also, uh, turns out the hosting company for her podcast they they do a thing Driftglass where uh, you send them your podcast and tell them where the ads get plugged in, Ooh. and then they'll put ads in and monetize your podcast that's ex- for that's you. That's
0: exciting. Um,
1: They require 20,000 downloads a week to sign up with them.
0: Yeah. I got it right here in my other pants.
1: (laughs) You got it in your other pants. Yeah. I got your 20,000 listeners. And that's okay because our our podcast is brought to you by the letters G-O-P and F.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Can we monetize our swears? Because that'd be great. Yeah,
1: that's what I'd we like to We like retire. One, right? Every time Drift Class says the F word, we put up, put up an ad for Slate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, I would like to remind Hillary that uh, the new podcaster buys rounds for everybody.
1: <laughs> that's right. Shots are, you, Shots are on you, Hillary. Shots are on you, Hillary. Yeah. <laughs> Hey, Drew Glass, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week?
0: Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties wish Ariana Huffington all the luck in the world with her new venture, Bedside Boobs, and Beyond. Let's
2: think about living. Think about loving. Let's think about loving. Think about loving. let think, think, think about the hooping and the humping and the popping and the loving. Loving loving, loving. loving. loving, loving. Let's forget about the wine and the crying.
0: The podcast is recorded under a creative commons license copyright 2016 drift glass blue gal podcast minecraft is awesome now it's time for science fiction university with our science fiction expert drift glass